Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Totally Uncalled For. I'm your boy, Jack, and as always, I got my co-host, Dinger, with me. Let me get a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're back with another episode for you guys with the latest and greatest news in all things sports and media. Mm -hmm. So, Dinger, we want to talk a lot about the NBA playoffs tonight as we saw the Bucks absolutely implode and blow a 2-0 series lead to the Raptors. Dinger, what is your take on this? Well, you know, we sort of got caught with our own dicks in our mouths on this one. You know, uh, definitely eating our own words. Um, I'm really glad I didn't make some ridiculous bet where, you know, you were on the Raptors and I was on the Milwaukee Bucks because right now I'd be eating geese shit. But um, I just think this is just, you know, I don't think this – I think a lot of people are making this into, you know, Giannis isn't the superstar. He has a hole in his game from shooting. First off, I want to say, you know, he a little bit was developing a little bit of touch. I don't think we're in a Ben Simmons situation with Giannis. And, you know, you also got to think he's only 24 years old. He hasn't been in the league that long. He hasn't, you know, been introduced to basketball that long, really. Anyways, you know, I'm not really sure how Greece's development, like how the development in Greece is. So maybe he just was always using his length and athleticism to get him by. But, you know, he this past season, he grinded in the gym, gained a ton of muscle. And, you know, it was evidently seen, you know, him just dominating the post and, you know, dominating the inside with shooting a field goal percentage and scoring more inside that we haven't seen since Shaq. I'm not saying he was Shaq on the inside, but, you know, I think that Giannis, you know, with a lot of hard work could, you know, develop a shot to where, you know, maybe he's not, I mean, he definitely won't, you know, end up being Kevin Durant, but, you know, teams gonna are going to have to, you know, stay true to him and be like, if you leave him open from three or mid range, like he can knock that shot down pretty consistently. So, but I think the real story and the true story with this is just Kawhi Leonard. You know, we yep. haven't really we, – we sort of got – we sort of missed out last year with, you know, Kawhi Leonard being injured and, you know, not really taking to form, you know, San Antonio where they definitely have the mindset, which, you know, which has worked out in the past is, you know, it's about the team. It's about the team. You know, you don't really get much credit while you're there. And, uh, I mean – there was a video that surfaced today and it was basically LeBron James at the free throw line or something like that. And Kawhi Leonard was checking in and you could just see his face that a 21 year old kid was checking in. And he basically was like, I'm going to have to work for it on the offensive end right now. And, you know, obviously as heat fans, that was a sour moment for us because, you know, it may have caused LeBron leaving. I I think if he won a championship there, that, he would have, you know, re-signed with me on Miami for at least one more year and try to snag another championship or two, perhaps. Um, but Kawhi Leonard is just another beast. Um, I know, you know, I've heard some guys, you know, compare him physically to Jordan. And, you know, I don't really think that's far off. If, I'm saying if you gave Kawhi Leonard Kobe's mindset, you legitimately have Michael Jordan right there. His ability to knock the, ball, the shots down – from anywhere on the, the floor, his ability to defend being one of the best defenders in the NBA, obviously, you know, him not playing a full season. And I guess, you know, I guess rest management per se during the mm-hmm. season, you know, we didn't really see Kawhi, but this playoff Kawhi is another level. He's, you know, pretty much taking over games in the fourth quarter. You know, I, I it's, I just, I, I, 
don't know what we're seeing right now. And I really think Kawhi is getting the shit out of the argument because he's not such a polarizing player. You know, I've been hearing about Curry scoring 30 points without Kevin Durant, but Kawhi Leonard is putting not just a team, an entire nation on his back and just willed them to the playoffs. You know, Kyle Lowry has just had, you know, inconsistency after inconsistency. And, you know, I I do want to give a shout out to my dog, Fred Van Bleet. You know, he's been shooting, I think, like an absurd 82% since the birth of his son, which happened right before game three. And, you know, if he's hitting shots like that, we could perhaps get an interesting series. Now, I know it's not really smart to get bad against Golden State. You know, that's a a veteran team, but I'm not sure who I heard. I think maybe Colin Coward said that, you know, this Toronto team sort of reminds him of the 2011 Dallas Mavericks that defeated the Heat. What are your thoughts on that? Do you see it a little bit in them? Um, to be honest with you, Dinger, I don't know if I can compare it to that team because they were led by an all-time great in Dirk Nowitzki. So, uh, and you can't really make a comparison well, well, in I, my opinion there. Well, I, I, well, I agree with you there. Kawhi's having a better postseason than Dirk was that postseason. He's shooting the free throws at just near the same clip that Dirk was that season. And obviously, you know, yeah, Kawhi has been Ka- on another level. I, yeah, I agree there. And he's he's been much better defensively than Dirk ever was, and especially during that playoff run. But you know, they have you know, what seems like a great coach. They have their superstar, and they actually have a veteran team. You know, they they've got a few young guys sprinkled in there, but they have veterans like Danny Green, um, Kyle Lowry's a veteran, although he hasn't you know shown up in the big moments in the playoffs. You know, Mark Gasol is a seasoned veteran. They have a yeah, good group like of veterans. They have a good group of seasoned veterans and, you know, experience. And obviously it's going to be far-fetched to, you know, compare them to the Dallas Mavericks. And, you know, Dirk Nowitzki is perhaps one of the greatest – I mean, he is the greatest European player that we've ever seen. And a first bout Hall of Famer, I don't know if they have ballots or whatever, but he's, he's going to be in that. Um, so I, I don't know if I see it directly, but I could see this, you know – first off being an interesting series and you know I wouldn't be surprised if you know the Raptors pulled something out of their ass but I don't know I've been really impressed with them I remember we we put we put our money where our mouth is and you know hopped on the bandwagon when they were playing the 76ers yeah I I do think Kawhi has what it takes to will this team to at least one win but if Durant gets back uh, and he's healthy and he can play up to his potential, I don't think the Raptors will have any chance winning more than one game. And without KD, I think it'll be a six-game series with the Warriors winning it all. Um, they they really do have what it takes. I think Kawhi will be able to shut down Steph Curry, <coughs> but he won't be able to take on Clay. He won't be able to take on KD. So he'll have to pick one of the big three if KD's back. I, I sort of see Kawhi, you know, covering and, you know, blanketing Clay Thompson this this series and, you know, sort of rendering him not obviously useless because, you know, everybody knows he's a flamethrower from three. But I sort of see him really neutralizing him. And, you know, you put Pascal Siakam on Kevin Durant whenever he comes back. I've been hearing it might be as late as game three, whether or not that's true. But Kevin Durant hasn't even picked up a basketball well, I'm sure he's picked up a basketball, but he hasn't hit the floor of practice with the team at all since his injury. So, and, you know, Kevin Durant's a superstar, so I'm not going to be like, he's rusty, he's not the same player, he's still injured because, you know, superstars can will them, you know, have an extra gear where they can fight through the pain and play. 
And yeah. although we do say Kevin Durant's a little bitch, I think when it comes to basketball and, you know, outside of social media, you know, I'm sure it's, it's it, he's a much different animal mentally. But it at the same time, Pascal Siakam is, you know, no joke on the defensive end. Um, obviously, he's not going to be able to stop Kevin Durant. Nobody can. No, but he could, you know, make it difficult for him, you know, get him where he's shooting 48 47%. Pascal, what they honestly would need to do, wing. they would need to just get real physical with him. And, you know, start getting chippy, not trying to hurt him, but to get in his head to make him get some text or something. You know how fucking uh, KD is a loose cannon, and he pops off and he he lets the the lesser player, who's really not even in his uh, in his league of play per se, get in his head and and allow him to to get himself into some foul trouble. It, it's happened time and time again. Who was it earlier in the uh, in in the playoffs? Um, Patrick Beverly when he was play- when they Patrick were playing the Beverly Clippers. gave that Patrick Beverly was somehow guarding Durant in Game One when they were able exactly. to steal the game. He was getting chippy. He was playing tough D, and he got in in his head a little bit. And that I think that's the route that the Raptors would need to take to take on KD and possibly take him out of the game and let Kawhi handle one of the Splash Brothers. It's really going to be a tough matchup because. The Warriors really have no weakness spot, and for a while this they season, do though. Where is it? Well, especially with Kevin Durant out, and it looks like he's going to be out for at least Game One. There's the Raptors have size, physic, and physicality. Draymond Green has pretty much been playing center against Portland, and so obviously Portland they didn't really have much size either. You got Dame, you got um, um, McCollum, and they're both very small guards. And you got Kyle Lowry and Danny Green, who's, you know, 6'7". Um, you got Pascal Siakam, 6'9", 6'10", with tremendous length. Kawhi Leonard, tremendous length, 6'7", 6'8". You know, Paul Gasol, a true 7'1 seven foot, seven foot guy. Mark, Mark. Mark Gasol, a true 7'1", seven 7'1", yeah. seven center. You know, they, they have they – have they got Serge Ibaka. You haven't mentioned him once, yeah, and I'm and, very surprised. Yeah, they have Serge Ibaka, too, and, you know – Former defensive, two-time former defensive player of the year. Um, he, you know, he scored I think fifteen to sixteen points for them this season. Obviously, he hasn't been that in the playoffs, but you know, he's a veteran player as well, and can you know, can, can still alter shots. He can still be that presence inside that you know he wants. I, I wouldn't say he's totally lost it. He's still averaging over one and a half blocks per game. But yeah. no, yeah, but no, seriously, Jack, I, that I'm glad that you reminded me of Serge Ibaka. But they have. The Raptors have oh boy, size. Hey, Bl- I remember used to saying that all the time. But anyway, yeah, they're they're a big, strong, physical team. You know, Kyle Lowry has some weight to him. Um, Fred VanVleet has some weight discount, to him. Don't discount the fact that Ibaka used to play with my dog uh, KD back in uh, in Oklahoma at OKC. City. Yeah, yeah, and so he might have some tricks up his sleeve to put the clamps down on him. Who knows? Perhaps, but yeah, Perhaps. I, I think that this is going to be a. I think it's going to be a lot more interesting series than people, you know. You really think so? What's the What's your hot take? Could, could Toronto perhaps steal Game One? I don't know about if Game no One. On the, if KD well, is ruled out. So I'm predicting KD is not out. Is out in the first two games. I think Toronto steals one of those games, and they take Game Three as well. So I think Toronto is going to be having at at one point a two one series lead. Do I? Do I think they're going to hold it? No, I think the Warriors in six, maybe seven got this. But I, I just am not picturing a way that this game doesn't go at least six games. The Toronto Raptors have been 
money at home. And if they steal one of these first two games without KD, which they could very much do, obviously, it's a regular season. But Oracle the Raptors, is tough, bro. The Oracle is tough, but, you know, it, it's not the same Oracle it was back when, you know, before Kevin Durant. I'm sure you hear this all the time, but, you know, it's not the true Oakland fans or, you know, the true, you know, people of the city, true fans. It's become a lot of, you know, tech executives that go to those games. I mean, shit, the playoff tickets are extremely expensive to where, you know, the normal fan couldn't, you know, spend something like that, especially with the way rent is up there. So I, I don't know if they have the super loud, rambunctious crowd that they used to. And, you know, it, it's been not a story, but, you know, people, a lot of people have been saying that the Oracle just doesn't have the same rambunctiousness that it used to. And I think a lot of that comes, you know, any dynasty, you know, you, you get the people with the money that decide they want to go and be fans and stuff instead of, you know, the, the true diehards, like, you know, how we are with our football teams that would ride and die for a team mm. and, you know, are making I mean, yeah, extreme I, I can, noise can... and, you know, talking shit to opposing fans and stuff like that. I see your point, Dinger, but to this day, Oracle has the reputation for being loud, getting rowdy. They still got those. But those this year, fans. how how I mean, good have they been this year in Oracle? You know, I, it hasn't been the same like like on absurd home record. That the they, Clippers stole two games in Oracle. The Clippers. Well, the Clippers were a tricky team this playoff, and that so was and that was with KD. Well. I mean, is that a dinger factor? We got to check up on no, that. No, that's now. it's fact. They took game one and they took game five. All right. Well, I'm not entirely sure if they took game one. That does not make any <laughs> sense to me. They um, did. Facts. All right, dinger. I'll take your word for it, but we're going to have to verify. Trust but verify, especially with you, dinger. Dinger facts are very much prevalent on this show. You know that, right? No, I don't know. This seems like, a, you know, dinger facts are – you know, half truths, but, you know, in this instance, it's, you know, 100% true. Dinger fact. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's make our pick, you know, for the for the series. Official pick. I mean, we got game one coming up Thursday night. Uh, what, what do you, you think is going to happen Thursday night? And then pick your series, Dinger. Thursday night, I think the Raptors steal game one. And, you know, I think the Warriors in six. Raptors steal game one, Warriors in six. Wow. Uh, Raptors are probably going to be like plus 175, plus 200 or something coming into this game. I haven't really checked the line yet. It's got to be out already, though. Um, I think that could be there can be some value there. Or, as always, our play of the year of the playoffs of ever, Golden State Warriors, third quarter bet. Take it every time. You know they're going to do it. All right. So, my pick for game one, I got the Warriors. <laughs> And I think they're going to cover the spread. It's going to be a statement win. And I think they're going to slap Kawhi in the mouth a little bit. Draymond is going to be our X factor. He's going to have 15 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists. This man is going to be on fire, I'm telling you. Um, and then for the series, I got the Warriors too. Uh, it, it's, I think it's a no-brainer. Toronto's good. They got Kawhi, who's been playing lights out. But they don't, they're not going to have an answer for this team. They're too fast. And Kawhi can't cover everyone. Uh, that, that's my take on it, Ding. But let's All pivot right. a little bit here. Um, instead of talking about some let's talk hypotheticals. Yes. Basketball hypotheticals. Yes. Enough of what's going on. Let's talk some hypotheticals now because there's been a lot of 
scenarios circulating on social media that has gotten a lot of buzz. And I think it's uh, good for us to, to weigh in here. I think this is a very good topic for us to, to make our opinions known on because Dinger, who has asked for our opinion? Nobody. But we're going to give it, it to everyone. you anyway. That's how we do it. So, um, Dinger, why don't you go over the scenarios that have been presented to us as of late? I- I'm looking at them now. You okay. got it in front of you? Yeah, I don't, but I remember them off the top of the head. So, scenario okay. one is Jordan never retires the first time. You know, he plays those three years where, you know, chaos basically ensued while he was gone. Um, you know, uh, then also option number two is Shaq and Kobe never break up. They stay together. Bunch of stuff that'll happen there. And then option number three is my personal favorite, but we'll go into a little bit more depth about it, is LeBron and Kobe facing off in the finals. And then finally, we have another good one for you. Uh, well, uh, maybe not for me, is Derrick Rose never gets injured, never hurts his ACL. So, yep. you know, looking You're- at these up, Four pretty tough scenarios here, Dinger. I mean, I you think can make a simple. case for all of them, I think. Yeah. So I, I think there's two that, you know, I, I would pick. So the first one, Jordan, is, you know, obviously Jordan's a great player. But, you know, if you think about it, Jack, we, we never – we were too young during this, maybe one years old for, you know, probably the second half of this. So we wouldn't really ever be able to witness this. Yeah, like we'd be seeing it on ESPN Classics, Classics. And it would build on, you know, the Jordan legacy and all. But I don't know. It, obviously, he probably would snag another championship or two, perhaps. But he wouldn't have that perfect record. You know, the, the story behind Jordan would, you know, be a lot different. I think a lot of it was, like, some of it's crazy how he retires. A few years later, comes out of retirement and then wins another three straight. I think that just adds more to the legend of Jordan. And not I'm saying it would taint, you know, Jordan being the best player ever. But it, it definitely would, you know, be a much different story than, you know, going yeah, two and three-peating twice. The argument would be much different nowadays if he uh, stayed in the NBA and ended up, like you're saying, losing a finals during that time. Because what's one of the main arguments people make against, for him against LeBron that he's undefeated in the finals, was the most clutch player in NBA history. Um that is what a lot of people have going for him. And if he lost in the finals, I mean, I know this is a huge hypothetical, a big if, if he had to lose in the finals during that time, the argument for him over LeBron would be a much different argument. Those Houston and, teams were no joke either. Uh, that's very true. That is very true. Um, <laughs> I definitely think this is a tough one because it is cool that he went to the MLB during this time, right? I mean, everyone I talks double about a. it. Yeah, exactly. So, is it really that big of a deal that he went and played Double A bas- uh, baseball? No. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I like the way it, fans. <coughs> I like the way it goes with story, and you know, I, I'm going to pivot to another option. Another option that I didn't consider for a while, and, and seemed to be the most popular option that I was reading on Instagram because you know ESPN released this. It was D Rose never gets injured. Everyone's like. These Rose would have had two more MVPs in a championship. And D Rose this, D Rose that. And I, you know, D Rose, D Rose, D Rose. D Rose. D Rose yeah. D Rose is definitely, D Rose was definitely exciting to watch. But, you know, we're seeing D Rose right now. And he can't get out of the first round of the playoffs. Derrick Rose is essentially Russell Westbrook. 
Doesn't really well, he's not sh- the same player he once was because of the injuries is the argument. Yeah, and D-Rose, before his injuries, was Russell Westbrook now, without the rebounds. D-Rose was, you know, a hyper-athletic guard that could, you know, get into the lane, could, you know, make the occasional jump shot when he needed to. Extremely athletic, fun to watch. But he, it's legitimately what we're seeing in Russ. Um, just put your head down, go to the basket. Put your head down to the basket, go to the basket. He was just relentless. That, that was just another way to ex- describe it. He didn't use force as much as Russ does. He would use more finesse because he, he had such great handles. He could move and stop on a dime, and that's what he's lost from his knees, and I think that's where a lot of the argument comes from, Dinger. You're thinking I, about No, I, I think he's Russ. He's 100% Russ without the rebounding ability. He's a relentless scorer. He was just a hyper-athletic scorer. Yeah, you know, he would use a little bit of finesse moves here and there. Mm-hmm. But we see Russ with those finesse moves, too. He has them just as, as well as he as, um, as D-Rose has. And, yeah, D-Rose probably would have probably developed into a better passer like Russ did. But mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly hardly see the difference when I went back and looked at some D-Rose tape. He, he's Russell Westbrook. He's, you know, he, he's literally Russell Westbrook. We'd be seeing I, D Rose three years from now losing to LeBron every year and not being able to get out of the first round. You know, maybe well, some of that is a product of his teammates that he that he has, but I, I, I'm just not seeing it. So I, I like how you bring up LeBron saying that uh, he would be playing against him and getting knocked out in the first round. But people have made the argument, Dinger, and, and I can definitely see this. Um, if he never got injured, the Bulls could have been a heavy favorite in the LeBron James sweepstakes back in the decision days when he decided to come to Miami. Well, uh, they have come out and said, Dinger, that Wade has said Chicago was a, was, a, was a factor in the decision. They could have both went and teamed up there. And if they had D. Rose, that would have They did have D. Rose. That was D. Rose's MVP year, the first year after. No, it fucking wasn't. Yes, it was, bro. D. Rose's MVP year was 2011 when the Heat lost to the Mavs in the final. That was D Rose's MVP year, and they lost to the Heat. The Heat took them. The Heat took them. I think five or six games, and they won the series, and they took them to the final. They had D Rose. D Rose I mean, shit, dude. Um, I'm Dinger pass. Maybe I got were, my timelines mixed up right Yeah, now. bro. D Rose was already on the team because the Miami Heat had to get rid of Beasley to make room. Pretty sure he was already. For, he already had one injury at that point, or something. No, he hadn't. He got injured. He got injured. Probably, I think, during the second year of after his MVP season. And that's what a lot of people were saying. Oh, now the Heat just have an easy way to the playoffs. D-Rose right. is injured. Well, on the, and it on was the... a big topic because D-Rose did not deserve that MVP. Everybody was just tired of giving it to LeBron year after year after year at, at this point in the career because LeBron was just an unstoppable force. And he was that year. He was more valuable to his team and the better player. Looking at PER, um, field goal percentage, three-point shooting percentage, assists, rebounds, uh, D-Rose might have had him in scoring. I don't remember that off the top of my head. But, you know, every time there's a new player that pops up into the scene, they just immediately get thrown into the MVP conversation. Because right. pe- and people in the NBA, the voters, are they don't like parity. All right. Well, d- during the commercial break, we're going to confirm this timeline. Um, and I, I, I do apologize if I'm incorrect. You but, are. So, but, yeah. Oof. I'm just saying that you can make an argument for this. It isn't as bad as a scenario as you make it out to be. I understand that it might not be as good as the rest of the ones that we're about to go into, but it definitely isn't a bad scenario. No, it's not. I, I would want this more for D-Rose the person, you know, him to get yeah, you know, his guy. contract, 
I don't know if he's a good guy. He told everybody that didn't like him to go kill themselves. Well, but yeah, um, we, but did, we did go over we, that. We did, we did go over that. But, I mean, just you definitely feel for a guy, who has, especially me being – us both being guys with knee injuries. You always feel for a guy whenever that happens. And, yeah. you know – Yep. That, knee guys. It's not something I'd want to see, but, I mean, in terms of, you know, for the well-being of the player, I, I think that obviously this would have been great for Derrick Rose's career. Definitely. All right, Dinger, there's another one that we like, but it is not our favorite. Uh, let's go into whether or not <coughs> what does Shaq and Kobe never split up. Yeah. So, I, let me go first on this one, Dinger. Yeah. Let me go first. Um, I like this because they were such a dynamic duo. Um, they won lots of championships together. Uh, it's really a shame that they had a, a bit of a fallout and – it really did change the course of the NBA history, in my opinion. But Shaq has had such an impact on the NBA after leaving the Lakers that I, I would I honestly, I, I don't think it, I think it was for the best that they split up. He came to Miami, brought us a championship. I'm forever grateful as Heat Nation. Uh, he, what was it, the stat that we just saw come out? Actually, I think it was ESPN as well. 31 straight years been, that a player has played with Shaq. Has gone to the NBA Finals. How how many years? Thirty around thirty one, thirty two. It's it's slightly over thirty, is what I remember. Exactly. So he has made such an impact on the NBA. A lot of it was through the Lakers, but then when he moved to the different teams, like he came to the Miami, brought us a championship. Well, he went over to Boston, played there for a little bit, played with the Suns, like played so with many, the Cavs and LeBron for a the season. Cavs and LeBron. Like he's made such an impact on the NBA and. He is known forever as a Laker great. Him going to so many different teams did not tarnish his legacy whatsoever, in my opinion. Uh, others may see it differently, but I definitely think uh, them splitting was for the best. Dinger, would you say that's correct, or what, do you, what is your thinking on this? So, yes, I agree. I, I don't think we get the Kobe Bryant we see now today if Shaq never left. Um, I think, you know, Shaq being the massive personality that is dominates that team, Kobe really never becomes the guy. He just becomes, you know, maybe the second best second, the, the best second fiddle ever, you know, sort of put into that, you know, hyper aggressive, um, I guess, Scottie Pippen type conversation. Because um, I don't know if you remember, Shaq won all three of those finals MVPs those years, those those three years. Yeah, because um, he was so dominant. The big man was such a force back in those days. Yeah, Pippen he was such NBA a force. Now. And I, I would I would say Shaq was by far the better player. And obviously Kobe was still younger at the time. But Shaq, like you said, he's just an unstoppable force. Shaq throughout his career was always an unstoppable force. A seven-foot-one big man that weighed 300 pounds and had a 34-inch vertical. That was un- unseen back in the day. He, he was – didn't matter how big you were, he was bigger. It doesn't matter how strong you were, he was stronger. It didn't matter how athletic you, you were, you know, if, unless um, – shit, it didn't matter how athletic you were unless you were – 6'10 or taller, and he was more athletic than you. He's just what, like a player we hadn't seen in years, you know, since probably Wilt Chamberlain. You know, obviously Kareem was probably a lot more skilled of a player, but he, he was just a beast. And I don't think we get the Mamba mentality, the Kobe that we have now today, that we had, you know, back with Paul Gasol, back with them. But, mm-hmm. you know, back with our boy Meta World Peace. And I, I'm glad it peace. worked out the way it did. We got our, we got our you know, championship in Miami. We got the legend of the D-Wade basically started because mm-hmm. of Shaq. 
you know, I, I don't think D Wade does it without Shaq, although D Wade was the star of that finals. But I, I think this leads us to our both of our favorite options. Kobe and LeBron facing off in the finals, you know, and that would have been something great to see, especially in 2011. You know, I would have loved to see it where the Lakers with their mini version of their super team, although that might have been in 2012 with Steve Nash, Dwight Howard. I would have loved to see them face off. And, you know, it would have been two super teams going at it. And, you know, I think the Heat would have taken that. Yeah, I would have loved to see Kobe and LeBron go off in, in the finals. It would have been absolutely epic. It would have been groundbreaking. I definitely think that the NBA missed out on that matchup because when we, whenever they got to play each other, it was usually on Christmas. Uh, it was always an amazing game going down to the wire. A lot of the times ending in a buzzer beater. Um, these two are just incredible competitors and they were destined to go head to head in the finals. And it's just a shame that it never happened. This is what the NBA needs. They need to bring it back. Kobe needs to come out of retirement and they need, uh, they need to do it one time for the one time. I mean, obviously that's never going to happen. That's yeah. I don't know how fetch. Kobe's Achilles are doing nowadays. <laughs> I mean, he, he's been killing it uh, off the court, so there's no chance of that, but it is really is a shame that it really never got to happen. Wouldn't you agree? Two of the greatest players of the, I mean, by far the two greatest players of the two thousands, you know, probably around, 2007 is, you know, when the torch got passed to LeBron being the better player. You know, he, he brought a team of nobody to the finals. But Kobe, during that time, was, you know, still the better scorer. You know, he ended up taking those finals teams towards, like, 09, 010, maybe even 08 afterwards. And basically basically just, you know, went out and showed, like, hey, I'm, I'm Kobe Bryant. Like, I, I don't have Shaq now, although, you know, Paul Gasol was no slouch either. But that was Kobe's team. You know, he, he, he basically willed them to victory. Although, you know, Kobe's shooting percentage in, in those finals with the Celtics was, you know, piss poor, you know, winning a finals game, shooting what, like seven for 24 and still winning the MVP. I, I mean, shit, like LeBron never did that. But Well, you're, you're, you're a Kobe hater. And you know, we're an anti-rape, anti-rape Kobe, podcast. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of people raping people and – a hotel in Colorado. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. I'm for the women on this podcast, you know? Yeah. I'm sure you you also, you're a fan of the boy who cried wolf as well. So uh, we won't get into this. Oh, the boy that cried wolf. You mean the woman that was raped that called rape? Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. You made that assumption, not myself, but um, now Dinger, I, I think we should wrap it up here for a little bit and hit, hit a quick commercial break from one of our sponsors. Uh, we got the parlay princess, that girl, Rachel coming on tonight. Um, let's, let, let's go to our commercial break and then let's bring her on. What do you say? say mm-hmm. What's up guys. It's your boy Jack here. And I got a brand new product that we just can't wait to tell you about. Are you ever at the party and all the tough guys and the tough gals, they got their jewels out there blowing clouds, but you just can't tell which one is yours. Are you getting tired of that sleek carbon fiber design? Because believe me, I know I am. Well, look no further. Wait no more. Jack's Jewel Skins has got your back. They come in plenty of different designs, completely customizable to your liking. For all of you out there, we got the history. We got the Hugo Chavez. He's not just a Venezuelan dictator, boys and girls. He could be your jewel. 
for our relationship couples out there, we got the Romeo and Juliet design, the his and hers combo package at a discounted rate if you want to add some Shakespearean Shazam to your vaporization. And then for some of our ballers out there, we got the Julius Irving hardwood classics design with the removable afro attachment. Now, these are not just your everyday jewel skins, boys and girls. These are Jack's jewel skins. Hit the link in our bio, get yourself a pack, and with each order, we get you a 10% discount code for Mango Pods off the Jewel website. You cannot lose here, boys and girls. Run over to the link in our bio. Don't waste any time. Get yourself Jack Jewel Skin. Now back to the show. And we're back. Thank you so much to our sponsors. But now we are here with the Parlay Princess herself. That girl, Rachel. Everyone, give it up. Give a round of applause. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Clap oh, them yeah. cheeks, girl. Clap them cheeks. Oh, my God. All right. Welcome on the show, Rachel. It's a long time coming. You've been asking to come on for quite a while, and I've been dodging, you know, playing hard to get. You know how it goes around here. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, she says, yeah, right. You're going to have to speak up a little bit more yeah. for our listeners. I know you're a very Rachel, Rachel, I, Rachel, so you're Twinkies girl, right? Well, he's like my cousin, but not really a cousin. Our moms went to high school together, so I called him aunt and uncle, and him my cousin, but he's not really a cousin. Yeah, Digger, I think you you missed the mark there with that one. He's <laughs> his girl, girl. No, no, no. <laughs> great friend, great yeah. friend. Digger, digger. I, I, I know you said there were rumors circulating or something like that, but uh, <laughs> like I told you, we don't we don't spread fake news Digger on the facts. Digger facts. This is so fake news. This is so fake news, she says. They're cousins. This ain't Alabama. This ain't... This isn't <laughs> is West Virginia here. Uh-huh. West Virginia. Digger, I know you're a, a long-time mountaineer, but this ain't West Virginia. Um, <laughs> so, Rach... Um, Tell us, tell listeners how you know me and and how I made your life so much better. Well, I met Jack. What was it? Freshman year of high school, or maybe before that? Uh, no, in middle school. Middle school. Middle school. Middle school. And then, and then in high school, we got close, and we threw an absolute rager. And uh, for the listeners, I did not tell her to say that. Just so you all know, your boy fucking parties. Fuck yeah. Well, yeah, we were, right. We were sophomores in high school, right? Uh, juniors. 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 And, oh, my God. We had people everywhere in Jack's house, upstairs, downstairs, backyard. It was just a rager. Got really close and have been very close ever since. Oh, Wait, yeah. So this isn't the zip line party? No, that was prom <laughs> senior year. Oh, I was not there. That's but, the greatest uh, video of all time. Homecoming junior year. I was Yo, Jack, I'm gonna let you finish, but the Twinkie video of him on the zip line is the greatest video of all time. You know what? I think you're right. So we're gonna have to get that posted on the Instagram. That's a throwback thing. But uh this party actually was fucking epic. We had girls dancing on the countertops, my parents fucking kicking them out or kicking them off. We had I some... think your mom went in and saw people from like yeah, having like... sex in your room. Oh yeah, there was like... so many <laughs> So many virginities taken that night, mine not included, um, but it, it was just an epic party. I almost got sued over it, beat the case, said, fuck y'all, we out. Um, it, it was epic. So that's the background of Rachel and I. Now we've become a lot more close as of late. 
Pygow. Sports gambling. It's, it's pretty addiction. much because I give Jack the greatest picks every night. All right. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, Dinger. This girl, I called her the parlay princess because she does not make a play unless there's value. Am I wrong? He is not wrong. So if it's like minus 135, do you take it? With another. <laughs> there, there she goes. The there she goes. She so will only she, parlay. Is she like the? I'm gonna throw ten dollars on this fucking parlay that has eight teams in it and pays out. No, a thousand. no, 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 not eight. More like three teams. Two or three teams. Yeah, ten to win thirty-seven to ten to win fifty is more of a sweet spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say that. Yeah, and uh, how often do these hit? Pretty, pretty. I'd say around. 65% of the time. 65%. Yeah, right. You're not hitting plus 500 parlays. That's how I make all my money. I haven't been down in a month and a half. You, need to, you need to slide these over to Jack so he I can slither them over I to me. I do. I, I give them to Jack. No, that, that you is. You give it uh, to Jack? That, that is. <laughs> He's not sharing them, is he? No. I'm not no. taking them, to be quite honest with oh, you. Some of them are fucking crazy. Bad. Like, she'll do a fucking baseball, hockey, basketball no, no, fucking I don't do anymore. I don't make trio. Bets anymore. Like, you got to go by the stats. You got to look at the stats. Look at who's playing, pitching. And Dinger, would you follow goalie, a person that's only, putting, <clears throat> that's only laying $10 on the line? Um, most likely not. Exactly. I got bigger fish to fry in this world. But we brought you on tonight for your incredibly keen acumen of the National Hockey League, NHL, for people that don't know. Uh, Rachel, what have been your thoughts on the playoffs this so far? They have been nasty. I mean, first round, Lightning going out, they were my pick. I would have never put them to get swept, ever. Yeah, we have a lot of Lightning listeners on, on this podcast. I mean, that series was just, there's not even words to describe how disappointing the lightning were come playoff time they really just dropped the ball and didn't perform well yeah it's like when you're like saucing up some chick that's really hot well she looks hot on instagram and then you meet her in person and realize that it's all fucking edits and filters and she also has a negative personality and it's absolutely terrible right dinger would you not say i would totally agree Mm -hmm. definitely definitely so we're past the first round now. Lightning are gone. They're old news. Sorry to our Tampa listeners. But what's going on now? The fucking Bruins. Is the- Boston going to get another fucking championship trophy this year? I don't know. I mean, the last time these, well, St. Louis was in the Stanley Cup Finals, they were playing against the Bruins 49 years ago. 49 and fucking years 49 ago? 49 years ago. And you know what happened? B- uh, the Bruins... Won in four games. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're well on their way to that again with the victory last night. I mean, St. Louis blew it. They completely blew it. Or... No, they blew it. They blew last night's game. Is that no pun intended? No or pun intended? intended. No, no pun. Wow. I mean, that, that was wow. pretty They blew it. They really did suck. I mean, it was 4-2. No, it was they were they were winning 2-0 last night. Uh-huh. No, I thought, I thought the St. Louis came out and they they ha- they made their first goal like I think it was seven minutes into the game. It was four the unanswered. Period. And then yep, four unanswered goals. 
uh, St. Louis scored at the beginning of the second period, and Bruins had four unanswered. Wow. Uh, the Bruins have been tough, they, like they always are, but usually they run out of gas late in the playoffs. Do they have what it takes to, to take if, this home? If they play like they did last night, 100%. Really? I mean, they were – what was it? They almost doubled in shots on goal. They had 37 shots on goal. Wow. Whereas the Blues only had 20 all game. That ain't 20 shit. goals, 20 shots on goals just doesn't cut it. It won't do anything. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's Gives a wonder no that they got, they got two past the goaltender over there to make it 2 0 in the first place. It's crazy. They, did they just go like quiet in the second and third or? They blew it. Uh, that's uh, the only way to put it. They had 10 penalty minutes, so five, pe- five power plays for the Bruins. And they took that opportunity one time. They, they, they made scored on a power play? One power play goal. Mm-hmm, whereas really Boston nice. only had two penalties all game. Wow. So if it keeps happening like that, Bruins, who are one of the best power play teams in the playoffs, it, it's going to be game over for St. Louis. So, so you're not much of a hockey guy, are you? Um, I mean, I watch the playoffs. Um, I, I really haven't been able to watch – so much this far I've been busy NBA has been pretty good as of late so I have a question for you though I'm not I can't name you one player on the Blues just because I I just the Blues just recently have been a team that you know hasn't really been going so far in the playoffs and I, I have some St. Louis fans at my work and I've been hearing this is like their first time in the Stanley Cup top final since like the 70s or 80s so who are the good players who are the players that you need to watch out for on the Blues I have to give give the Blues some credit here. On January 3rd, they were in complete last place in the NHL. What? They were in last place, not in just the West, not in just the East, in last place in the entire league. And they got their, their second half of their season, they just dominated. And their goalie is a rookie. He is 25 years old. He's a rookie. And he is absolutely incredible. So I have to give that to them. Jordan Bennington is going to have a great career as a goalie. So if they use him to their advantage and start getting shots on goal and start pucks on that, you know, like they start working together and having those big hits and take less penalties. I think they have a chance, but they really have to step up. I have a question for you. Another one. Would would you say that the Blues route, you know, to the Stanley Cup playoffs was a lot tougher than the Bruins? You know, the Bruins had the luxury of playing, you know, the Islanders, it, like early on. Shit, I haven't heard of the Islanders. The Islanders lost their best player to the Toronto Maple Leafs last year, and you know, the, now they're in the playoffs playing against the Bruins. I feel like the Bruins sort of dodged a bullet not having to play against Tampa Bay this year. You know, they had, I, I believe, maybe like they played like Carolina or or maybe not. They just played the Islanders and stuff like that. I feel like they've had sort of an easy route to the playoffs where, you know, the the Blues had to go through some tough teams. I mean, yeah, they they beat San, uh, the San Jose Sharks in six games. And that's not an easy team to beat. I mean. Yeah, but the, the Sharks sh- were fire this playoffs. Sh- I, I, I I, I, I would have said, that, yeah, I would have said the Sharks would have taken that. So yeah, I think St. Louis had a very hard, very very tough schedule to get to where they are, especially with the fact that they were in last place coming into the second half of the season. I mean, they had 
like half the points is first place stay. If you would have told me in in January that they would be where they are now, I would have laughed in your face. Wow. You know, it, it really is something and I wish to see uh them do well actually with the with the turnaround they've had. I did not know about them coming from last place and getting into the uh Stanley Cup finals here. That that's actually pretty pretty impressive, Dinger, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would. Um, I'm rooting for the Blues in this. You know, I've got some people at work that are really excited about where they've gone so far. You know, St. Louis being in the Stanley Cup final. Um, you know, I, I don't want Boston, you know, continuing to brag. City of champions. We won three championships in one year. So I, I'm not so certain on this. But, you know, let's Hang go. On. You know, this would go down as one of the, like, craziest sports stories of all time. A city getting three parades in one year. Yeah, it's well, just, and the the Celtics making the playoffs. I mean, they they obviously they shit the bed, but they have the most storied sports history. You cannot take it away from them. City of champions forever. It's true. I mean, that would be absolutely insane. And they're one and zero in the series right now. All they got is three more left. And they have the advantage of having, if it goes to Game Seven, they have that Game Seven at home in Boston. In Boston, you know, Boston. I, 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 dinger. I mean, you seem speechless. Honestly, like, have you ever heard of a city pulling something off like this before? Uh, not in my lifetime. I know, you know, everyone says Boston City Champions. You know, they, they've definitely been on the luckier end of championships, you know, where, you know, cities like Miami uh, have been, you know, fortunate as well. But, I mean, just look at this, the status of Miami sports right now. The Heat aren't really doing it. The Dolphins have always sucked. The Panthers, God forbid, I, Jesus, they're, they've always been terrible. Um, and then the Marlins are the worst team in the major league. So, uh, well, Miami the sports. Been... I think the Panthers will genuinely, like, I genuinely think they will do better next year. Yeah, let's talk about the Panthers for a little bit. Because as you know, we are a South Florida, Go Cats, uh, baby. South Florida born podcast here. We see um, red. The, the Panthers brought in a new coach this year, didn't coach they? Coach Q. Who the he's, hell is this Coach Q guy getting all the hype? He's from Chicago. He got fired, I believe it was last season or two seasons ago. <laughs> so he's got a chip on his but... shoulder. Uh, the Blackhawks have won three championships in the last about I, I think it's eight years or nine years, and like he was the their head time. coach. And, and, and so he, he got three Stanley Cups, and, and they fired him. I believe so. What the hell did he do? I I couldn't tell you, but it's he's now in Florida. Hole. He's now in Florida, so I I, I can't say it's bad. Hell yeah. he, he somehow he ended up with us, and he took that Blackhawks team and he turned them around. He they were just like the Panthers. They were not moving anywhere. Their management was firing coaches, and they were moving players left and right, taking kids from the AHL and just turning them over. And now they have Coach Q, and I think that their season next year will be absolutely great. Wow. Keep your eye on the Cats. They yeah. coming around. I think they will. Rachel Rachel says it here first. You know, this well, is a, a... – uh, a tough, hot, a tough guy. They're a young podcast. team. They're a young team. I can't they even get it out. I'm at a loss for words right now. They are a young team, though. That is very true. They're well, all very good looking. So if one of them's listening, hit me up. Yeah, hit her up. Well, you know, we're gonna go from one. We're gonna go from one jungle creature 
to another jingle creature. I, I like that t- that transition there, guy. I like that. Yes. I like so that. you know because today, Dinger. You know what today is? I le- I have to introduce it <laughs> since you throw lots of shade on my buddy's head. Today's the three year anniversary of the passing of our beloved Harambe, and I made it a point to get him some airtime tonight. <laughs> Even though the two guests on the show are very disrespectful, he was an Not icon. Disrespect. He was an icon. There's other gorillas out there, baby. There's plenty of fish in the sea, but there's only Harambe. There's only one Harambe, and he was taken from us for no good reason. No good reason, Dinger. There was – okay, so here, let me give you my take. Yeah, okay, yeah, well, okay. He did no such thing. Okay, shut the fuck up, Jack. You know, it's time for Dinger to speak, and then Rachel, and then you can get the last – well, I technically won't be the last word, but then you can go. So basically – what happened was, you know, some irresponsible parents somehow let their dumbass kid fall into a fucking gorilla pit. And the gorilla, you know, was like dragging him around, you know, basically found the kid. And obviously a gorilla's life is, you know, nowhere near the, ch- the, the I guess, the, the status of the life of a child. You know, a child's life takes precedence over pretty much any other life form on the planet. If you ask me, you know, an adult human male, um... So, yeah, so they basically killed a gorilla because it was probably going to fuck this kid up. You know, if you tranquilize. I have a question. I have a question. You said he was, like, I, I, I understand what you're saying, and I understand also what Jack's saying. But you said he would probably attack the kid. He did. He, did. he had the kid. The kid. He, he dragged the kid, the kid around in the fucking water like a goddamn rag doll. Well, he was holding on to him. How else is he going to do? He's going to throw what him on if his he was protecting shoulder? him? He wasn't protecting the gorilla. Are you kidding me? Here's, you don't- Here's my take on it. Okay, so so what happened? So okay, so let's just say you know they go into the pit and try to reason with the gorilla while you know this gorilla has this fucking kid's arm in his grasp, and you know they're talking. The gorilla is fucking. They're like talking to the gorilla like booga 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 booga, like trying to like talk gorilla, and this gorilla just basically just goes fuck it, rips the kid in half like a fucking Twizzler. Or, well, then you. Well, you don't kill it at that point. The kid's already dead. Why didn't they use you know one of those like they they have those like sleepy dart things where they like yes. Dart so, Why yes. did they do that? So because you know, okay. So let's just say the gorilla gets tranquilized. I, I there's not a fucking tranquilizer on this earth that you know you immediately shoot it and it's like passes out right away. It's probably We've a twenty second window. There's a. Okay, yeah, so Madagascar, an animated movie. It's a fucking goddamn gorilla. You shoot it, and it's just like, whoa. It's just like, it starts getting all loopy. It's high as fuck, um, and basically just, then just rips the head off the child. Like, you don't take a risk when it comes to a human child. And second of all, nobody even knew who the fuck Harambe was until, you know, he gets fucking shot and killed, and then everybody becomes a social justice warrior. Like, they shouldn't have done that to the gorilla. Well, you know what? A Life's a... A young child's life is more precious than anything else on this planet. You know, well, now that, for president. Well, now that yes. young child has to grow up knowing that he killed Harambe and his mother and his father should be ashamed of themselves for child neglect, letting their child into this pen and murdering a, a beacon of solitude in, in the Cincinnati Zoo. Yo, if this kid, like, grows up to become, like, a crackhead or, you know, just, like, a fucked up guy, you know, it, it, it'll definitely be like, yeah, you know, maybe the gorilla's life 
was worth it. I, mean, I don't know how old the gorilla was. I, I'm not really sure how long gorillas live. I'm sure the gorilla probably had like 10 years left of its life. And, you know, you got a kid that probably has 80 years left of his life. So I, I'm going to be on the prowl, you know, 10, 10 to 15 years from now looking for Instagram, looking at Instagram bios for a kid to be like, I fell in, I, I'm the kid who killed Harambe or, you know, something funny like that. But you know what also made me more pissed about this Harambe thing is you got all these dumb bitches and, you know, guys, you know, you're not safe from this either that are like, pitch out for Harambe. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, it was, you know, funny maybe like the first time, you know, I, I maybe chuckled a little bit the second time. And the third time is just getting old. You know, the joke was, you know, well, well, well past its prime, you know, two days after it had originally came out. And it was like, Harambe this, Harambe that. There's fucking music videos like with Harambe in it. Like R.I.P. Harambe. Like, Jesus. Also, what kind of fucking name is Harambe? Is that like a legitimate gorilla name? Or is that just some made up? racist African shit that they just named some gorilla. I don't know. I just wasn't a fan. I'm not, I'm, you know, I think gorillas are beautiful creatures and, you know, it's a shame that one had to die, but I just think people forget, you know, how precious and valuable a child's life is. And, you know, it should be prioritized over everything else. Even, you know, the safety of a goddamn gorilla. If you ask me also shout out to the dude who took the shot, decided that this child's life was more, you know, important than a, a, a fucking I'm not going to say dumb because, you know, gorillas are intelligent creatures, but, you know, they prioritize the life of a child over gorilla. You can hate me if you want, but the gorilla's still dead. Well, dinger. Uh, since apparently you enjoy insensitivity towards animals, uh, Rachel wanted to talk about another incident that actually just happened very recently in a horse race. Rachel, what actually went down? Because you got to see it on live oh on the TV, God. didn't you? At the, at Preakness, the Preakness. At the Preakness, when the horse went fucking crazy and threw the jockey he off. He, like, bucked the jockey off right at the beginning of the race. And the, the, consequently, the, the, the horse still <coughs> running and kept racing. And he didn't come in last. That is crazy. <laughs> Dinger. It's a majestic uh, beast. The, the jockey could have gotten trampled at 120 pounds these jockeys usually weigh should they have shot up the entire fucking race well you know first of all it's different because this horse is you know not like doesn't have the power to with you know really i beg to fucking differ oh yeah yeah okay yeah jack yeah so a horse is gonna you know all of a sudden grow hands and rip a human's head off its body yeah, no, sure. But, they have more they, force with their back legs than we'll ever have. Yeah, and the, but the horses in China are hard. They call horsepower. It's the standard measure unit of fucking speed. Okay, well, Jack, 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 let me tell you this. Did the jockey get hurt? No, he got thrown off his horse. Yeah, maybe he might have a bruised rib or two, or, you know, maybe he might have, like, I don't know, maybe, like, a, bru- like a bruised shoulder, or I don't know, maybe, like, a sprained wrist, or... I don't know. I don't Maybe know. Maybe like a broken finger. Know. Or like, I don't know. Anyway, this horse, you know, decided it was going to, it was determined to, you know, to still finish the race. So, yeah, you know, shout out to that horse. That horse is pretty cute in my book, if you ask me. And it's, it's a totally different situation than the gorilla. Also, that horse is definitely worth millions of dollars and, you know, is owned by somebody instead of, you know, like, the county of Cincinnati. Yeah, do you really that, think that they're treated that nicely? Well, when they these, retire, all they get to do is fuck. So. Yeah, they get it's basically they like retire, but the, during, the, the, during the race, they're sitting there freaking smacking the shit out of these horses. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. I'm. I'm. You know, I'm probably not going to be the first person to say this. 
But I, I don't really think women and or you know, in general, well, people hate spanking. This? I don't know. I've I've you know come across maybe a woman or two in my life that you know like to be spanked. Um, I'm sure that you know a horse. I'm not mm-hmm. certain that they like to be spanked, but I'm sure they don't really you know care that much. I, I wouldn't be pissed like. You know, somebody slapped my ass, Jack, I know you played baseball. I'm sure you enjoyed the appreciation you got every time you got a good hit or made a good play out on the diamond back in the day. Like, boy, you know, it's just like typical behavior, you know, Nigger between does humans. A really good so the ass slap, not so much. Oh, there's a difference. You know, slapping an ass is slapping an ass. Hey, hey Rihanna, an ass. Rihanna once said, let me quote Rihanna here. Sticks and stones may break my bones. But chains and whips, what do they do? Excite me. But horses don't use it as a, like a... You ever heard of BDSM? You ever heard of BDSM? As a woman, yeah, that's, that's like, that's S&M, you know? Like, that's a thing. They don't have that. They're fucking horses. Yes, but, and you know, so horses... The S- they don't have, like, they don't sit there and have sex for pleasure. Take out the S. What do you mean? Back. Horses love to have sex. Four. It's like a dog. Like dogs don't sit there and have sex for pleasure. They just they just do it. What the fuck? Oh, I bullshit. My dog yeah, but... hump legs. My dog tries to hump a blanket and it looks hilarious because he has no fucking clue what he's doing. Yeah, because oh yeah, oh yeah, oh so dogs don't hump things for pleasure. You don't think your dog with its goddamn red rocket is having a good time <laughs> when it's going away at that giant pillow you got laying hey, on your my fucking dog has bed? A red or... He has a red lipstick. Damn. That that is odd. That, just, <laughs> that is uncomfortable. It's a red rocket, all right. But that, that is... hey, I took that from my mom. She she calls it the red lipstick. Mm. Anywho, well, I I think this is a you know a good place to end the podcast talking about red rockets or red <laughs> lipsticks, as Rachel might call it. Yeah, definitely. I, I think we're getting some uncharted waters. Um, Rachel. The Parlay Princess, thank you so much for coming it's on the show. It's been a pleasure, people. It's Thanks for having pleasure. me. She she is uh, very pleasured and very pleased oh, to be yeah. on the podcast. Very pleasured. Thank very you. pleasured. Uh, that's all for tonight. This was totally on call for. Peace out. Peace. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. <laughs>